Hello and welcome to episode 164 of Three Beers in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Barry Neil. Barry, nice to have you back. You took a wee week off last week. I did. I, did. Did. I didn't go anywhere, but I did have a week off. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, a week we didn't have to talk about movies or television for a week. That, that must have been nice for you. No, ironically enough, I still ended up watching everything that you guys watched for last week's episode, so <laughs> <laughs> I could have jumped in. <laughs> Next time I'll be jumping in. Um, so thanks, too, for jumping in uh, uh, last week. Um, yes, once again, absolutely. we're doing this via Zoom, as we always are. Well, there's hopes that one day we might get back out and do this face-to-face, but with one, one many lockdowns happening and re-lockdowns happening and not really sure what the rules are yeah. when it comes to these things. That might be a little bit of a yeah. way off us now. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit muddled in the water, but as folk keep on saying, it's like if you're going to a restaurant and a bar, any decent place will have proper track and trace involved. Yeah. Uh, whereas inviting half the scheme round to your house to check out your new inflatable hot tub, uh, it doesn't really cut it. It's just the thing though, they keep saying this like you know, people are going to people's houses. I'm not seeing a lot of people I'm only seeing people going around people's houses maybe like say we groups of four or five. I'm not seeing these talk, yeah. talk, about, talk about these like massive house parties that are happening. I'm not seeing any of that kind of stuff happening. Maybe I'm just not getting invited no. to the massive house parties, but still, I'm not really seeing yeah. anything regarding this kind of stuff. You know, no one I know who's doing this. It's all we kind of intimate gatherings. I'm sure that is maybe a pocket some for that are doing this, but it's we are not getting invited to it, so yeah. it's almost like it doesn't exist. Ah, oh, so. you think like am I missing out on something? Because everyone seems to go to these. Everyone, apparently, the whole world's going to these things. But I'm thinking, no one <laughs> I know is going to these things. No one's inviting me to any of these things, and I haven't seen any about it anywhere about among my friends circle about these things. I'm thinking either my yeah, friends are really good at yeah, hiding yeah. It from me, or the again, once again, it's a media thing or. <laughs> you know, taking a small percentage and blowing it away out of proportion. Yeah, and also I think we're just trying to clamp down hard on it, like, so we don't go back to the start again, because yeah. going back to the start again would be absolutely brutal, you know. For everyone, for everyone, absolutely. Yes. Um, so, this is an afternoon recording, are you drinking anything of interest tonight, or this afternoon, sorry? No, no, just tap water. I've got work at six o'clock, so need to behave myself. Yeah, I'm, same. I'm drinking my mug of tea out of my very nice RPD2 um, mug. Ooh, very nice, very nice. Very, <laughs> um, so, very grown up as well. Sunday afternoon cup of tea. Very much an adult these days. Um, so, <laughs> life, well, I think I've touched on what life is like. It's now under lockdown, it's still ongoing, kind of half struggle. Um, I've been back at the cinema, as, as I discussed last week. Did you decide to go back to see anything this last week? Uh, unfortunately not, no. Sadly, just times and all that weren't uh, matching up with what we had planned outside of our like, little date night. Right. Um, but it still wasn't very clear on their Twitter page or their website if our local cinema, Empire Train, whether or not you had to book online like right. you guys done for Cineworld or if you just turned up and they just allocated you a seat. It wasn't very clear and it and so I was a bit like, right, okay, well, the times aren't marrying up anyway and I would hate to turn up and then they knock you back. Aye. So, especially if I've got myself in the mood for sitting and watching a film. So, yeah, ultimately I just left it. I might phone them maybe if like something else appears but yeah. because the reviews outside of Tenant, there wasn't really anything else grabbing me that I was like I need to go and see that right now yeah. um, so outside of that I was just a bit like well is it really worth it you know yeah. so ultimately I just left it 
I would say I felt safe with him, dude. So I think it's, it's a, a, but what I would say as well, there doesn't seem to be a lot of stuff coming out on the horizon. So anything that's out this now, I think will be in the cinema screens for the next wee while. So yeah. if you're looking to see it, I think you'll have no problem in getting to see what's out. Um, I've not really heard any words of what's sort of any major releases coming out in the next couple of weeks. So um, there's yeah, not yeah. much competition for what's there. Like that Unhinged one, for example, that I've not seen and you've not seen. Mm. That's been there for about a month yeah. now, and that film would never last a week normally, you know, but it's, it's been there for Aye. a month, you know. So that tells you what the, what the situation is like in the, in the screens. And studios, I think, are still fearful. Tenant did do good mm. business, which I think is good. That maybe make more distributors more accessible and open to putting stuff mm-hmm. out. But I do still think there is that testing of like people went out for Tenant because it's like it's sort of a big event piece and it's something that people are behind, you know, a Christopher Nolan film. For example, Bill and Ted's coming out next week, I think the week after. Mm. Will that have the same appeal beyond the very core fan base? You know, if they're looking to make that bigger, you know, that's the kind of that's just yeah. Will something, you know, the fact that Mulan bailed and it went on to Disney Plus, that's interesting. You know, the Disney didn't want to put that out. You know, yeah, there's, there's but also coming also also coming with a very hefty price tag after you pay for Disney for Plus. Disney, yeah. You know, Thirty dollars, so I don't, I don't know. Like twenty quid. Twenty quid. Yeah. Still, though, twenty quid to watch a movie is, it's, it's up there on the stratosphere of a bit too rich for my blood. You know. Agreed. I guess if you're a child, if you're like a family and you've got kids and you might go, well, we can pay twenty quid to sit like, and we can the four of us can all sit and watch Mulan, which is way cheaper than going to the yeah. cinema to watch Mulan. Yes. Yeah. 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 For that, but for me or you, you know, to buy in the house and going, I don't, I'm not really willing to spend 20, 20 bucks on a, on a, a Disney original Mulan film. I, I would much rather just wait for the hit stream and say, I'm if it's in the cinema, I'd probably go and see it. I've got my free, I got my ticket, I can go and see anything, but I'm not really wanting to mm. pony up 20 bucks to go and see it sitting at home. It's not really one that jumps, it's not one that excites me enough to really be that interested in it, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I didn't even bother clicking on it, but why is everybody protesting it? What's going on? What's, what's this uh, guy playing Mulan? The young girl who plays Mulan in it is very outspoken and very, I can't remember, I think I'm assuming she's very pro the Chinese government, which obviously is a bit of a dodgy position to yes. be taken politically. Um, I think that's what it is. I, I believe that's what the issue is. She, she put support out for, ah. I think, I believe the Chinese police and dealing with the protesters in Hong Kong. Wow, okay. Or it could be, or it could be the other way around. She may have been tweeting, you know, support for the protesters against the police, at which point China mm. went, ooh, we don't like that, obviously. And the Chinese yeah. market is a huge cinema market for everybody. You know, so the Disney, yeah, don't, yeah. Want to, Disney don't want to piss off the Chinese because that's like, that's take a billion people off the, the, mm. the possible box office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, like that. That's well, one of those two reasons why people were pissed off. Ah, fair play, fair play, Well, there is a market that nobody's talking about, and that yeah. is the piracy market. Can we all just take a minute to to respect the fact that the piracy market is suffering at the moment because nothing is out in the cinemas? I mean, I mean, it's absolutely heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking for yourself, isn't it? <laughs> Um, well, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm, going to assume anyone who's, I'm going to assume Mulan will appear on the streaming sites very quickly. Um, I can't imagine Mulan's going to last any more than a couple of hours before it's put out on the, the digital sales if you want to download it on. It's not going to last on, on Disney only for very long. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that, yeah. that's a big issue, putting stuff streaming. As soon as you put it streaming, it's going to find its way onto um, platforms yeah. where you don't have to pay for it. 
that's it's, yeah. it's not the number one issue. So I think that's what I think that's one thing will stop a lot of companies going straight to streaming and sort of pushing the streaming thing too hard too far because they're worried yeah. about people stealing it essentially. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I was, wa- I was watching a guy stream a nineties wrestling from the WWE network on Twitch. He was sitting there like after every episode you would see like his mouse going over to like the next episode and just double clicking oh. and then going back again. So he's just sitting there like pretty much recording his screen and that's all he's doing. He's absolutely genius. genius. I know. Yeah. Crazy. But, but this week we'll talk about we're not back at cinema this week. We we I mean, there's nothing out to go and see of interest. There will be stuff next week hopefully. Yes. Um, so it's again once again a streaming service heavy um discussion. And we'll start with a mini series that is on Netflix. Did you get a chance mm. to watch this? Yeah, 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 yeah. I did. I did. So, this is called High Score, um, produced by France, Francis Costro and Courtney Coupe, who did that one that you liked. Is it Darknet on Netflix? And also yes. they did um, Eight Bit Legacy. So the plot of this it's a very simple series. It's six episodes, all about the sort of history of video games. You know, each one taking a sort mm. of different genre of video game and just showing yeah. how the history of that video game changes and moves and how that pushes the the, the whole uh, genre forward and then the whole sort of um, hobby forward and, and how people embrace it and how people change it and how, how it essentially changes so much of the world as well. Um, mm. What do you think of this one, first off? Yeah, I enjoyed that series. Uh, yeah, I'm quite a big gamer myself, or at least I try to be, and at least I can always keep my toes wet in terms of like what's happening and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I actually really enjoyed that. It was kind of, it was nice to see, because um, me and you watched a film not too long ago about two boys going to like California to star in the Nintendo uh, Championship. So it was actually nice to see the real version of that. Um, yes. What was that called so, again? Yeah, that was The Wizard. Was it the Wizard oh. or something it's called? Oh, the what? Yeah, yeah. The Wizard, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of cool. Because you could see how much of a big deal it was back then. Albeit, you know, it, it might not be that big a deal nowadays. But, like, back in the ni- early 90s and stuff, like, like that was, like, a big phenomenon. Well, and I, then it was cool when the guy... I would argue now it's even bigger deal with the, the, sort of the, the rise of esports. It's oh, yeah, yeah. Huge. I mean... That, what you're talking about, the sort of the Mega Drive competitions and Nintendo competitions, that was sort of like the very much the prototype mm. of competitive gaming to now what yes. it is, where like places in the world now fill like stadiums to watch video games. And like, like, League of, yeah, like League of Legends and all that as well. Uh, and some of the sort of mostly what most watched people on online are these like Twitch services where. People mm. watch other people playing video games. I do not, I'm, I've never understood the idea of play, watching someone else play a video game. That sounds like the most boring thing in the world to watch someone else. Just watch someone else play a game. Like, I, rather, I want you to play the game myself. Um, yeah. I don't, I, think I don't know. It's huge. Yeah, it's kind of hard to explain because I don't even understand why I do it sometimes. Mm. Um, I think half the time you're kind of tuning in, if, if, it's, if it's the person with the right kind of persona or attitude or whatever, it can make it very enjoyable. It's, um, and then you potentially maybe get to see things that maybe you're not doing, depending on what kind of game it is. Um, you know, maybe take away some of their kind of 
tips sort of thing, you know, yeah. see what they're up to, what they're, if it's like a shooting game, like what their set up is, that kind yeah. of thing, you know. Um, you know, because these people, because they do it like for their life, it's like they will, they will know how to optimise the best setups if it's like yeah. a shooting game and all that. But no, I get it, you know, and also like these kind these kind of things like uh, FIFA or like League of Legends and all that, because it's like team based as well. It's yeah. like it is actually very engaging, albeit it's like virtual and it's a game. It is actually like it's almost like watching a sport to some degree. Yeah. Know? So albeit a virtual. Ah, a virtual sport. And um, we'll bring it back to the, the series, the episodes. What do you think of the episodes yes. like individually? Do you enjoy all six of them, or do you do something you tune out on, or are you sort of engaged with all of them? Do you like all of them? Uh, the one that I tuned out of was the fantasy one, but only because I'm not really into like fantasy games. Um, so that I kind of just drifted away. Like I watched it, but I was kind of just half paying attention sort of thing. Um, outside of that, I actually quite enjoyed like all of them, to be fair. You know? Yeah. What about yourself? I was, same, I was never a like? big fantasy Dungeons and Dragons kid um, in, my, no. in my youth. Um, that's just something that really just, for some reason, you think I would be, you know, based on everything else I'm into. But that's something that just really did pass me by. So I, I I actually remember some of the role-play games online, you know, not online, sort of video games. You played, like, you sort of those type and text ones. I sort of remember them. Um, but yeah. no, the actual, that one kind of didn't interest much. And that's, that's not really anything against the episode. It's just sort of, I'm not into that side of it. So therefore, I'm probably going to get out a little bit. Some of the some of the storytelling and some of the sort of retelling stories I thought were quite simplistic. They jump a lot of they jump over a lot of stuff in order to mm. um to to sort of move the to beat me sort of a forty minute episode. Um so I was surprised there was nothing about Grand Theft Auto in there, for example. That seems a kind of yeah, odd thing to not have in there, considering like sort of it's, how that changed the game in many ways. Especially because when they were talking about Mortal Kombat and a night stalker or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, they, they're days in court because I know Grand Theft Auto get taken to court as well for pretty much the same kind of thing. Like it was like one of the early games they get taken to court. They kind of focus on that game they sort of won the the, the I'd like to say the night stalking. Like I I don't remember that game really that much at all and it feels like they gave too much credence to that one game. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because there was a bit of a story in there how it started life as being this kind of like fantasy thing of like vampires and then it's slow because like the heads up like got involved it slowly dwindled into just strange people who were walking like they had pooped themselves so you know it was yeah it was kind of I uh, I don't know I don't know why they didn't why they spent so much time on it I really don't know yeah well, the only thing I think of, it was only six episodes long, so I'm thinking maybe they're hoping they'll get another six episodes. They can, because there is scope to explore other elements of video gaming, you know? Yeah. Um, this, this was sort of very much a very brief, major overview of everything without boiling down yeah. too deeply into too many things. It sort of was very much a big, big overview of stuff. Um, and a lot, because of that, a lot of the stories, I kind of knew a lot of the stories. So it wasn't mm. as interesting, but if you're not if you're not don't know this stuff, it's a good way to sort of get yourself into it. Um, yeah, yeah. But I would like to see the next season maybe focus on more. Like for example, do something on Rockstar Games. Do something on um, mm. maybe do something on like why the Dreamcast fail. You know, something yeah. like that would be quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know how did Mega Drive pull itself back? How did Sony 
struggle for so long. Why have Apple never really invested into video gaming and stuff like that? You know, there's the stories there to, to be told. Yeah. Um, also, nice. found the music very irritating. Mm, I know. That kind of glitchy 8-bit soundtrack going on. Uh, it was a bit much. Found it quite intrusive. You get the point like, like you saw it, you just, um, um, like, it felt like it was always mm. at, at the wrong moment. I, I didn't... I didn't mind it for like the like earlier episodes because it fit the narrative of what they were talking about. But as time went on and they kind of progressed into like PlayStation One and all that kind of stuff, like a lot of that kind of stuff died. It's only been I don't know in the last few years that that kind of resurgence, that kind of like I, that kind of like sound and vision of like eight bit graphics has kind of made a bit of a comeback. Uh-huh. So yeah, I don't I don't really understand why they just had that horrible music playing all the time. Well, I would say one thing I did get out, one thing a mass thing I did get out of this was, yes, there's been major advancements in games. They all look amazing now. They're, they're, they're some of the graphics are insane. Some of the, the sort of the yep. AI in it is absolutely phenomenal. There's nothing, but they're the real works of art now. But see, honestly, mm. give me a choice between what's out now and give me one of those kind of scrolling mm. Mega Drive games like Sonic or Mario yep. or something like that. I'm fucking taking. So I'm taking one of these scrolling games every single time just for pure enjoyable gameplay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it has been lost. I think like one of the last big games that really grabbed people for a long period of time was Skyrim, right. uh, which was like a heavy fantasy based game, and it's like it's on everything now. The team have constantly just made it work for everything. Uh, but yeah, that that was really one of the last big games that grabbed people for a long period of time. But nowadays, it's all like seasons for some reason. Every game does a season, and it maybe lasts maybe a bit less than two months and then boom it's a massive download again and then it's on to season two and so mm. on and so forth you know which is a pain in the hole uh, but yeah yeah but I think but, uh, like what we saying we've enjoyed it but we'd maybe like to see a little bit more scope a little bit more focus on things yeah yeah what did you um, think about that job that obviously just doesn't exist anymore but the yeah. Nintendo phone line for phone and for like uh, yes. how to get past bits how weird was that? <laughs> Obviously, like, like this was all just cab before like, I came into it, but yeah. The help desk is just somebody just sitting there, basically playing the game, ready to tell you what to do. It just seems so bizarre, you know. Whereas now you're yeah, stuck on a level, yeah. you maybe just go online and just sort of type in like a walk. It's essentially a walkthrough, isn't it? That's it, but rather than a walkthrough yeah. on YouTube, it's a walkthrough over the phone. I would love to know how much money Nintendo made from that phone line. That's oh, what I want to know. It been like. <laughs> stupid money a minute, you know, absolutely stupid money a minute. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Uh, so out of 10. Give it out of 10? Yeah, um, I go six and a half. Ooh, cheeky, cheeky. I was going to go seven. Uh, it was like, like you made valid points, it was a good series, but it's kind of aimed more at setting your parents down and going like, this is what video games are. Albeit as a, as a historical... And all that. As an historical archive of like what the start of this was, the start of this like revolution was, is great. But I think yeah, you're, yeah. like any setting, like you're losing a lot of the minutiae of what things were. I'd, I'd like to see a bit more of that. But that might be what they want to move mm. forward in, this, in the next ongoing seasons. But it was well put together. Yeah, yeah. Apart, from, apart from the music, I thought it was really well put together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. 
Right. Uh, we'll, so, we'll discover that, that we'll discover that this is like classic eight bit music from some video games, and we're absolutely bashing it. It wasn't even <laughs> the music; it wasn't the actual music itself. It was the volume of music. It was, I thought it was badly mixed. It just seemed, it just seemed very loud a lot of the time, uh, and just and it was also during when people were talking as well. I felt like this is really intrusive. That's mo- not yeah, really yeah. the actual sound. Just the, the when it was used was matching more than anything else. Um, so mm. I do hope for a second season. Um, on yeah. from that, we go on to a film that I recommended. I recommend this because Kevin Smith recommended this film, okay, so that you, there's a circle of blame if, if you didn't like this film. Um, <laughs> okay. And that film is called Swallow. Okay. Uh, directed by Carlo Morella Davis, um, which is apparently, as far as I can tell, the debut film um, of him. So it's an interesting uh-huh. so, debut film. Um, the plot uh-huh. of this film is very interesting. Um, it's essentially about a woman who's living a sort of what would be deemed a perfect life. Mm. You know, she's got a new husband, she's got just been married, she's, she's just got pregnant, she's married into a very wealthy family, she's going to have everything taken care of, and she's got really no worries in life, essentially. She'd be allowed to pursue yeah, yeah. a little her artistic sort of passions and not have to have to work, you know, full time and all that kind of stuff. But she's this one sort of very odd quip where she basically likes to eat things she shouldn't eat. Be it marbles, keys, lockets, knives, anything. She yeah. likes to eat. Yeah, she likes to eat things she shouldn't eat. Yeah. Um, and it's basically her life sort of unraveling from that. As a family discover this, and it's you know, what effect that has on her and the family. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you get Haley Bennett, who is in the Magnificent Seven, and Gail McLean. She plays the girl who swallows everything. Um, Austin Stowell plays her husband. Dennis O'Hare and Elizabeth Marvel play the our father-in-law and mother-in-law. And Loris, Lauren Velez plays her um, therapist who popped up in it. Mm. So I'll start with this one. I this is a really it's a really dark subject matter because it's something that like, I've heard about, but I've never really sort of learned that much about. Um yeah. sort of weird things you know exist but not really not really what you endeavour into it. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with that I I do worry this film could be quite exploitative and can maybe be almost laughing at it in some way or just trying to gross you out or make you go and or give you a wince factor, which there is certainly that in it. But mm. I would say it does it in a way that's not exploitative for the vast majority of it. I didn't think it felt like they were using that as something just to creep the audience out. It, it, they were using it as what it was, which is a, as a psychological issue. Did you get that as mm. well? Yes, I did, yeah. Actually, uh, out of the overarching length of the movie, I did actually... I was actually more than happy with the way the movie ended and the way what happened with her character. Uh, after everything, I was actually like, yeah, you know what, that's actually quite a nice way to like, wrap it all up. I found it that bit really nice, how it didn't just keep on playing on the fact that she was eating mad shit. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a bit bizarre because for a long time, like you don't really know what's happening with this movie in the early starts of it. Uh, and then as like time goes on, it's like she starts like, doing random things and you're like okay this is a bit random and then I can't put it down to her just being bored in yes. the house because she is just like a stay at home mum that doesn't have a kid yet so I thought okay oh, this is just boredom creeping in and she's just like eating random shit yeah. <laughs> and then like uh, Stacey walked in and then she's all like oh that's uh, whatever it's called I can't remember now what it's called whatever, whatever the condition is uh-huh. uh, I was like alright oh, it's an actual thing Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah. 
Um, it was very slow paced. It was kind of quite hard to pinpoint. It. Apart from men holding up iPhones, see if they never held up iPhones and all that. You would honestly think this was from like I don't know, like the eighties or something. The way she was dressed and the way like the house was and the way it was all shot and everything, it could easily be stuck in the eighties or something or the nineties. Well, I would think more fifties. Did you get that vibe? I, I think oh, more fifties. Yeah, um, because the way she's it was, and even the Hoover she was using it's very sort of like Mad Men esque. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which give me that kind of vibe, and and it's also the idea of like the women's places at home, and it's the women's places in the house. It sort of it had that very fifties, sixties sort of mentality to it, which mm. again, like yourself, it felt like, until someone whipped an iPhone out, I never really knew you didn't really know what the genre because. You don't really see much outside the house either. It's all very much in this one house. She goes to the, the office at one, the, um, a restaurant at one point, and she goes to a therapist mm. at one point. But you never really see like cars, and you don't really see like a life outside of the world until right towards the very, very end, and it becomes more of a, it, it, takes, it takes a turn at the very end. Um, mm. The film lives and dies on Hayley Bennett. I thought she actually played the role really well, because it, it's a role that could, yeah. so easily, like I said, so easily become something that's just a gross-out role just something to make you wince. Mm. She brings a real sort of passion and characterization to this person. And you see the struggle. She is bored, mm. but she's also, you can see in her eyes, she's fearful of what's going on in the world. She, she's almost been swept up in what what the world wants it to be. Because this is, what obviously, the form for this guy and this guy being the like, marrying this guy, it seems like a perfect match, you know, in sense like it's, it's a perfect life you can live. And She's been swept up in that world, and now she's beginning to sort of sit back down and realise what the world is. She's now scared mm. of it, but she can't find herself in her mind a viable way out. You know, mm. and she can't say to him like, "I just don't love you. I want to leave." Because you know, then if she's done that, it'd be like people would just go crazy. It's like, how can you leave this behind? So yeah, yeah. by yeah, doing yeah. this, it's almost a way to try and make them reject her. I think that's a big part of it. Hi, hi. It was a Aye, it's 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 crazy how folk are willing to put up with that kind of stuff just to be ha- just to keep the status quo rather than like find happiness, you know. Aye, and that's it. It's like it's, she's it, anyone else would. I think if you went if she, if she went to a friend and said what was wrong, mm. a friend would go, "You got the perfect life. What's what's the problem?" Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Aye. Um. The rest of the cast, I would say, are the one thing that's maybe not not lacking in it, but they don't have a lot of time on screen. So when they're yes. sort of on screen, they're trying to make the most of the moment. So some of their roles and some of their performances come across a little bit soap opera, a little bit sort of mm-hmm. over the top. You know, think that with particularly the dad and the mum, I thought they really sort of yes. they, kind of, they kind of went very big. And I'm like, oh, it seems that's we've that back. compared to what her performance is and what the rest of the film is. There's felt a little bit out of place. Yeah, they seemed a bit kind of dragging every time they appeared. Um, it was. I don't know if that's just like uh, the way they've been told to come across, or if that's just like you said, it was like it was a lack of screen time. So any time they were on it, they had to go big. But yeah, the whole the whole pace of the movie and uh, thingy's pace as well. Even like I'd say the husband as well. His pace was kind of quite uh, slowed down and yeah. slowly unraveling as well. And then you discover he's just a cunt as well. So yeah. you know, and um, it's like she can't even go to like therapy in peace. She like uh, he needs to know everything that's going on. Yeah, um, I think the 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 film is pitched with quite a shock value of it. You know this idea of, of you know what she does, 
Um, and mm. I think that'll put a lot of people off of the film. So I think that people will sort of, mm. sort of reject that film. It does feel a bit like it does feel body horror at times. But it's really not. Mm. You don't actually see that much in it. No, no. It's, you it, don't it actually. It's done very sympathetically, I would say. And that's that to me was the biggest surprise yeah. of it. I really did think it would be a lot more exploitative and a lot more sort of like to try and gross you out. It doesn't do that, which I thought was really an important and impressive part of doing it because so easily for it to like that. It becomes as much more of a character study of who this woman is. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and then and they can't end but when she goes and sees her, uh, her dad as well, you're just about like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> at, the, at the kids' party, you're just about like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I liked that bit. All right. Um, out of 10, you can give this one. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a seven, but purely just for pace. I found the pace was at least for the first like thirty minutes. I found the first thirty minutes pure drag for me. Yeah. Uh, just it's not a long. You time. know, I get it. They were built. You know, I know, I know. It's only I know we're in thirty five, but I just yeah. yeah, I just found the early the early parts of it very slow. But once yeah. it got going, it was good. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm much the same. I'm I'm gonna give it six and a half out of ten, and just I thought. The pacing of myself, I, I'm much like you, the first 30 minutes didn't really move quick enough. Um, in fact, no, you know what, mm. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with seven. It does deserve a seven. It's, everything else about it is strong. Some of the other acting is a yes. little bit dodgy. Um, but it's mm. a really strong central performance. And it's actually, again, to do this kind of film and not make it feel exploitative or just trying to you know, get the cheap gore cringe, mm. I think was impressive and really important. And I really enjoyed it. I really appreciate it did that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Um, so from that, we move on to Apple Plus, which is their new documentary, which made big waves at Sundance this year. I think it or last year. I'm not really sure. One of the, I can't know. I don't even know if Sundance went ahead this year or not. I can't remember what happened in no. 2020 to be honest. But it done well, um, and won like sort of a, a big a big award at Sundance. And that film is Boys State, uh, directed by Amanda McBain and Jesse Moss. Who directed the one that you liked, um, Dirty Money? Yes. Yeah. So the plot of this is a very weird American thing where every year a yeah. thousand yeah. kids in Texas go to the Texas State House to sort of basically understand how government works. Um, but they're all sort of overachievers and they're all sort of very much political junkie kids, you know, the ones who sort of love politics and see them themselves have a career in politics eventually. So they get split into yes. the two factions. They get Federalist and uh, what's the other one they call them? Federalist and Nationalist. Nationalist, that's what it is, yes. Uh, and from that, they've all got to basically elect each other to certain offices and then they run a campaign over the course of a week and then it's, it's just, and then they get one, the winner gets elected. And by all accounts, a lot of people who are involved in politics now and sort of dig in the political scene have been involved in this as young kids. Um, and it's given mm. them a good stepping stone and allows children and kids to see. Because the kids, I mean, they're all under eighteen, I think, most of them, aren't they? They're all they're, they're older. Kids, yeah, yeah. Kids. Um, I know it's like fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen. How government works and how for the alliances and how to to, to 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 promote your your beliefs and things like that. Um, what did you think of this? Uh, <laughs> this is like a thousand boys who have not discovered. Touching themselves yet? <laughs> that's, that's what I thought. I thought everybody watching going, every single one of these kids needs to jerk off at some point because they really have got a, a backlog, 
that is really hurting them. They need to get rid of this because they're going to do, they're going to do damage too, to themselves and others. That is way, that's way too much pent up aggression. Aye. <laughs> it's like they need to find some magazines in a bush or something. I just uh, something. But, <laughs> yeah. I, even just talk we're like not, that will help. You know, just like, just yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't think of a bigger put off. Is going up to a girl and saying, "Oh, hey, I'm into like politics. I go to uh, politics camp every summer." <laughs> you be like, <laughs> "Okay, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I get it. Like, this isn't part of the UK world. We don't have these kind of like very niche camps for like what people are into. So this whole entire thing is completely lost on me, and it makes it worse as the fact that it's about politics as well. But it's just like, it's just when you're watching it, you're just sitting there going." I bet if you chucked a football in the middle of that room, albeit whether it be an American football or a soccer ball, if you chuck that into the middle of that room, I guarantee you politics would instantly go out the window and they'd just start playing football or something. It's like, it's, I don't know. It's all very. You see how quickly they all, became, they all became like sort of tribal children, you know, very quickly yes. and they all just yeah. get behind that. Um, and also, the, uh, hold on, let me try and find them. Oh, it doesn't even have a cast. See the fella, the cast, slightly older kid who had longer hair? Yes. When, when he was talking near the end, it was amazing how quickly, like, he started to just become, like, a real politician and just lying uh-huh. and, like, kind of changing his impression or his idea. It wasn't like he was learning and adapting his ideas. It was simply just a straight-up lie because this fits the narrative right uh-huh. now. And you're just a bit like, hey, you're, you're just a politician. <laughs> so right. well, see, you can't. That's what depressed me about this documentary the most. That's generally what the most depressing part of this thing was. Was mm. they all go in with sort of their own personal ideals? But yeah, some of them you, you can agree with, some of them you can't agree with. Um, they're all very, they're not, they're all very much. I say even the ones who are supposedly like sort of this, the leftist. They're all very right of centre, you know. Not, no one's sort of mm. left wing. They're all very much in the right, you know, conservative values. You know, even the ones who are sort of a bit more to what we believe, what, what me and you might believe, they're still very much more in the camp of, you know, most of them say they they want to outlaw abortion, and the ones who don't want to outlaw abortion are saying, yeah, but we we allow it on only these separate occasions. You know, these sort of very, you know, or gun control is gun control under mm. very very minute sort of. Instances, you know, so so they are very much still towards the right of the, the political spectrum. So that, so from probably from me and your point of view, mm-hmm. that becomes very hard to sort of identify with. Um, mm-hmm. and also, in Britain, our right wing doesn't seem quite as right wing as America. I think we're getting that way, but not quite. So it, it does seem personally, I had a detachment from that. The other thing that is yeah. what you're saying there is they all give these ideals and how quickly. They learn to abandon these ideal, or ideals just in the pursuit of getting votes and getting elected. And that's yeah. what politics is now. It, people are just ditching what they believe just to get elected. Now, you can change your viewpoint because you believe something mm. different because you've been given evidence of it. But these kids mm. are changing their viewpoint not because of evidence to the contrary. It's just because the political bias right now is swaying in one direction. So they think, well, in order for me to be relevant, Rather than being a voice of dissent within the room, I have to mm. go with the room, you know. Yeah. And also, yeah. how much credence to give to the tiny minority who are just being dicks, you know? Because there's a guy, yeah. there's like four of them who want to overthrow the chairman. 
Yes, yeah, yeah. There's like four of them who are doing that, and they, but they get so much time and so much effort to apply to them. And that's the problem with politics these days. You know, like, like how can somebody like, say, in our country, Farage, get so much coverage when the guy's done fuck all in politics, other than be mm. a dick? He's not been elected, he's yeah. done anything, but that's what they are. They're just these sort of like just stones in the pond who are there to cause ripples and nothing else. Mm. I, um, I, so that, that depressed me that the next generation are exactly the same as the current generation and all the hope that we have of the youth changing and helping mm. isn't going to happen. They're all going to fall back into the mm. same the same yeah. traps and that's so depressing. That was what's really depressing about it. Yeah. And the more that you see everything going on in America, the more I'm sitting there going, maybe it's not Mexico was the problem. Maybe we should just build a wall around America and yeah. just or stick a giant like Simpsons like glass tube over the top of it and just see what happens and just let them run their course. Well I think it's someone did like, say why don't Mexico pay for a wall in the south, Canada pay for a wall in the north, and the rest of the world just will pay for a lid to go on the top of it. Like America right now, you know. As it's like it's the only country that has somehow managed to lose its shit so quickly. And I know there's a lot of stuff going on, so we are kind of just skimming over a lot of the major problems. But it's like the only country that just hasn't got its shit together, you know. Yes, I mean, it's not, I mean, because again, like, even in history, you know, things like Mongolia, the Soviet Union, you know, the, mm. the Roman, Roman Empire, the Austro-Hungarian Empire, these empires, empires always fall. They can't, mm. they get to a certain point of size and of scope where they simply can't sustain themselves. And America has got to mm. that point right now, but it is going yeah. to fall. Um, or it's going to have to reevaluate yeah, yeah. what it is. And the, going back to this documentary is, that the, the kid comes out and says, like, America's the greatest democracy in the world, and we know this to be true. It's like, that's not a true statement. That's an opinion. No. But yeah. they're brought up in a world where that is a true statement. Mm. You know, and anyone who goes against yeah. that is in- instantly an enemy. So even the slightest yeah. bit of dissent towards that becomes an enemy. And these yeah, kids are already so take- and the kids are already taking that on so quickly. The documentary itself has done a really good job in terms of like making or giving characters to focus on. Because me and mm. were talking about the one American factory where there's so many people in it, you don't really get to know anyone. This one is sort of a bit more old school, whereas you, you kind of grow to understand certainly the, 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 the four or five guys in it who sort of play a bigger role in it. You know, the, the guy mm-hmm. who's the sort of very, the one who's really Scottish name, he's like something like Andrew McDonald or something like that. You know, talking about the. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he was, he was literally a redneck, essentially, you know. A relatively a, a intelligent redneck, by all accounts, but he is a redneck. You know? <laughs> yep, yep. yep. You, know, uh, you, had to... uh, you had a few good characters in there that were all kind of, like, at least at the top of the group. So oh. it was something to focus on. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean. And you, did, you got to see their kind of personalities and who they were, like, quite quickly, you yeah. know. So I, I really like that part of it. Really, and this documentary, I actually enjoy the documentary. I think it, it, whatever it set out, I don't know if it set out to show what it showed, but it certainly, in my mind, showed what it meant to show. Um, mm. So in that respect, I, I, I thought it was a well-made documentary and I, I enjoyed the watching of it. But thoroughly, at the end of it, I felt depressed because mm. the world doesn't seem to have a better solution than what we're... You know, to just keep doing the same thing again as long as you lead to the same people getting into power. 
and these kids yeah. are learning about like the kids are learning about how to manipulate the system and how to, how they get into power. And it's like, yeah. But if you can manipulate it, then all you do is end up with the same fuckers who are in powerless now. There should be a yeah. third option. And the idea in America of having a third option is just completely insane to them. You know, so right. yeah, that was the thing about it. It's it an equally very depressing documentary in that respect. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. Make sure guys go to like space camp or something and chill out. <laughs> Yes, or just find the girl, find the girl, or a boy, someone. <laughs> find, find anyone, and just settle down and be happy. Yeah, find someone who <laughs> wants you to put it in them. That's all you need to do is find that, and you'll be a lot happier. You know? Yes. Um, but it's an interesting doc, you know, <laughs> but like I say, go into it with an sense that you will probably come out feeling equally depressed about the state of politics, not only now, but what it probably will end up being, because it seems like a machine will continue to churn out the same personalities again and again and again. And the hope of yeah. change seems very distant right now. Any change is minute and minuscule. You know, yeah. that's and that's a depressing part of it. I don't know too much about this new guy that's in the running against uh, Trump, but a lot of people are saying that like he's not that far he's not that much better than Trump, so that Biden character. He is not much the same so, way that um, Hillary Clinton was the worst possible political candidate for the Democratic Party, but she was still better than mm. Trump, you know? Yeah. She should have won because the fact she was just not as bad as Trump. This guy's got much the same rep. He has done some particularly horrendous, awful things in, in politics. He's, he's not particularly good when it comes to sticking to his guns, and he is also equally, mm. I think, just as senile as Trump is. But I think the idea is that he is a slightly better option than Trump, which is he at least will Jesus. he will at least adhere to a party system where he requires to understand what's going on or at least put it to committee and he won't make random sort of just declarations of madness. He is a career politician. He has been a politician for a long time. He will continue to be a politician. Mm. Whereas Trump is not a politician. He's a fucking he's a no. showman. You know, he's a yeah, he's yeah. essentially um Who's the guy? The, the, really, the really famous one in the 1800s. That... Oh, shit, I forgot his name now. That's annoying me now. Hugh Giant played him in the film. And now I completely forgot his name. He's born the same day as me, so I can't remember his name. Um, you're looking at something for me, aren't you? I am. Because yeah. we can't leave this hanging like this. No, Hold on. it's such an oh. obvious name as well. And I've talked about him many, many times before. I've now completely blanked on his name. And I talked, I talked about mine. It's going to be. Who? It's going to be something like fucking John Smith or something. No, it's not John uh, Smith. It's... <laughs> P.T. Bar- Barnum. P.T. Barnum, that's who I'm thinking. Yeah, that's yeah. who Trump is. He's essentially P.T. Barnum. He is playing to the masses and giving the masses what they want in order to continue to be in power. Yeah. Um, and as much as you're really yeah. against him, as much as you hate him, you're still watching him, which makes you just as culpable, I think. So, ah. out of 10, what are you giving Boy State? Uh, this is another just a middle of the road thing. It's a seven. Yeah, for me, I'm exactly the same, dude. Very seven out of ten week this week. All stuff that you think there's some real promise in it, real enjoyment in it. Maybe didn't quite reach the heights we can almost hope, but definitely worth watching. Yeah, yeah. Um, next week we have. Well, I'm going to go see the New Mutants. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, that that did intrigue me. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Outside of a unhinged and tenant, that was like the third choice if the yeah. times lined up. 
it's, it looks interesting. Yeah. It's been much delayed, like even, even before COVID, it was made back in 2016, I think, or 2017. It's been sort of dealt with some problems with studios but getting bought over and all that kind of stuff. So it's interesting. The uh, thing okay. out. Um, yeah, yeah. Also, there's one on Netflix called I'm Thinking of Ending Things, uh, the new Charlie Kaufman film. Um, mm-hmm. Watch that if you wish. Um, I have watched it. I will reserve my judgment to talk about it until next week. I will tell you all okay. what I really what I thought of that early doors in case you do want to watch it. Um, <laughs> there's also a war movie on Netflix as well. I can't remember the name of, but I'll find out and I'll text you what that is so you can, so we can watch that this week as well. So those three films we'll, we'll talk about next week. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Sounds good. Um, tell me what you find us, Barry. Uh, all the usual social media haunts, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at three beers in a movie. That's right. And that's for this week, I've been Richard, you've been Bye, mate. Three beers and a movie.